0: It's, if it had like ham in it, <laughs> oh. Oh, <laughs> it's, no. it's closer. Oh, no. It's closer to a British carbonara. <gasps> oh no! It is. No, that's true. Oh well, nice. you... I'm glad you're standing do there. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean. If my grandmother had wheels, she would have been a bike. <laughs> you know what? You know. It's... <laughs> you know what? you know it doesn't make any sense what you said. It's a different recipe. It's got nothing to do with the uh, macaroni cheese. When we in the Belfast Telegraph publish a restaurant review, they often attract a huge number of readers, especially if they're very negative. I don't need a guy to tell me that my food sucks. If you don't like the food, you get the f*** out here. What gives a reviewer the right to publicly slate the hard work done by chefs and restaurant floor staff? I'm here 18 hours a day, six days a week. This is like my house.
1: This is like my home. When I cook every night, it's cooking for people who hopefully are appreciative, and as I say, 90-95% are very appreciative, you've got that other 5% who are incredibly rude, obnoxious, they click their fingers, they arrive late, and I don't want those people in my house.
0: Is it all about the food, or are there other things to distinguish one establishment from another? The decor had the chicness of an underground bunker, she begins, where one would expect to be interrogated for the disappearance of an ambassador's child. She then
1: dives into the offerings.
0: And can a really bad review be a big blow to a
1: restaurant? Definitely there are reactions from people who can't take it. And and I keep... Well, I, I mean, there was one particular restaurateur, I'll not name him, but he took real exception to something I had written about him, about his restaurant. And he actually physically... Um, took into me at a, at a function one evening. To spill the
0: beans about the recipe behind a good review, I'm joined by Yoris Min, the Belfast Telegraph's very own food reviewer. Yoris, you're very welcome to the Tale. Thanks, Kieran. Can I ask what may seem a ridiculous question? Like, when I was thinking of questions... I was thinking like, we all know what a restaurant review is, but defining it's a whole different thing. What do you imagine
1: a restaurant review to be? <laughs> God. See, I thought you were going to start off with what qualifies you to be a food reviewer or a restaurant reviewer? Because that's basically what I get from chefs across Ireland. What makes you so good that you, you know, you can write about us? And that's, that's luck, basically. That's just the gods have, have decided that Yaris is going to be a food reviewer. But in fact, I started writing about food um, with an occasional column in the G2 section of The Guardian back in the 90s because I knew Matthew Fort, who was the food editor, food and drink editor then. And, and I read what he wrote and, and I, I noticed that, you know, food was only a small part of what he was writing about. He was very much into the fact that a uh, restaurant is a special occasion. You're going out, even if you're having lunch with work friends or work colleagues or whatever it might be, it's still a special occasion. Going As soon as you walk through the door and go into a restaurant, there is something special about it. And we're not like the French. The French do this every day, or certainly they used to. Office workers would have been downstairs into the. Wee, into the wee bistro for their steak frites, you know, and and that would be part of their their daily routines. But for us here in Ireland, going out to a restaurant is a completely different thing. Um, And it doesn't matter what you're paying for it, whether it's like a burger down at a trade market or if it's something very fancy, an ox or muddler's club, then you're you're still um, expecting something. And so reviewing that i i think i have to take um inspiration from people who i admire like tanya gold who who writes in the spectator just writes incredibly well and she she very much writes about the mood of a place and we'll touch on the food maybe in the last paragraph you know marking a review out as something that is experiential it's not just about was the steak rare were the chips crispy you know it's 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 bigger than that and and so I suppose really my, my starting premise is writing it on behalf of the reader because the reader is the one who's going to go to the restaurant with possibly their family, with their friends, and they're going to drop a lot of money. I mean, it's expensive. You won't get out of a, a middle range restaurant now with, with wine, three courses and a bottle of wine for £120, £130. Pounds. Um, so that's big money. And, and so what is it? That makes it worth doing that and and for me, the first thing is the first thirty seconds when you step in through the door um you know where where it says, "Wait here till until you're seated that that is the that's a crime scene in most most restaurants because you could be standing there like a tube, being ignored and just you know wondering, am, am I in the right place or where should I be? And you're standing about and everybody else is sitting down enjoying themselves until somebody comes to you. Now, the magic moment is within those 30 seconds when somebody says, even if they say, look, we're busy right now, I'll be with you in a minute, whatever it might be, acknowledgement is essential. It, You know, the clues in the title, it's hospitality sector. And that's the most important bit. The food is nearly, nearly secondary. And then the environment is the third bit, you know, is it comfortable? Is it well lit? Is there a draft? Is it warm? You know, all of those things are in the mix. And, and so, you know, it's, it's difficult to get all of those right. And yet, remarkably, especially in the north, um, I think a lot of people do get it right, and they get it consistently right.
0: There's so much you said there, Yoris, um, and you, you've anticipated, I suppose, many of my questions. So you're, you've you've done this before. <laughs> <Loving> <laughs> but I mean, th- this is it. I mean, I'm a journalist, and I go on social media, and practically everyone everyone knows how to do my job seemingly better than I do. Everybody's more qualified, and I suppose for you can see it from a chef's point of view. You're approaching this as a writer. You're trying to create a piece of writing. But they're thinking, but I, you know, I produce food here and you can see why sometimes they might, they, might, they might not be overly pleased with restaurant reviewers.
1: Yeah, that is that is so understandable. And it's not only them, it's the whole supply chain, it's the staff and there's nothing worse than going to a place that's expensive. Um, and the staff are basically their school children, they're, they're teenagers and they're doing their best because... I have great belief in our teenagers because I've seen so many of them working in all sorts of places, pizzerias and, and, and high end restaurants, and but particularly out in the country with minimal training. And they're they're working on their wits and their own sense of um, hospitality, how to treat people and so on. And, and I think if you're writing a review, you've got to be so careful that they're, they're not caught in the, in the crossfire. Because it's tough enough if you're 16 or 17 taking, you know, orders from people who are much older than you and, you know, you're maybe not been shown the respect um, that you deserve and all, all of those things. So there's there's plenty in this, Kieran, that that I, I would be very careful about when I'm writing a bad review because, you know, you're responsible to l- loads more people than just the chef.
0: Now, here... Uh, it's teenagers and students who are who wait on you at tables in many other countries there are it's a much more i i i have to use the word professional and i mean professional as in this isn't a part-time job for these people it's their job and obviously in a country like italy or france where as the person you know you you are being waited on by really can be quite a master of this of this of this craft it's a very different experience.
1: That's completely right I mean the cultural gap between us and our view of restaurant workers and that abroad and I think even in America in North America particularly um, it's there's a similar culture Um, but having said that the Ulster University for instance they have the restaurant called the Academy the academy is one of the most beautiful dining rooms in Belfast um, for a start. But they're all students working in there and they're students of, you know, culinary arts or tourism management or whatever. And they're being supervised by, by their lecturers and, and professional managers. And they are being instilled with the professional um, skills that they need. And the advantage that they have is that they're from here. And we do have a natural instinctive ability to be welcoming. I, I know that, you know, people sort of say, oh, yeah, we're very, you know, we're such a friendly nation and even us as locals are saying, are we really? But in fact, in front of strangers, in front, front of visitors, we are uh, remarkably friendly. And, and so at the Academy, they're able to make use of that instinctive welcoming ability and then skill up, you know, on, on the cooking and the, the management of a restaurant and so on. And I'm hoping that because it's one of the last remaining proper catering colleges left, not just here, but in the UK, people will tell you in London there there isn't anything like this. So there are centers of excellence like that, which will instill a sense of professionalism and hopefully erode that view, that snobby view that many people have that oh, sure you're just a waiter or a waitress or just a server. And uh, the quicker we can get rid of that um, stigma, the, the the better. There's one thing I wanted to ask, you know, about
0: the writing part. I mean, the one thing we cannot be in this podcast, and and, and maybe I'm guilty of this, on the radio or in print, is boring. Many people would be shouting, "Yes, you are boring," <laughs> but but set that aside. So I just wonder then, you know, if you've gone into a restaurant and it's fine, everything was fine that's that's just boring so is there pressure to
1: maybe? I know I know well exactly what do you do I mean there's only so much you can say about the chips you know there's only so much you can say about the nice beurre blanc that Ryan Jenkins made in in Rome or whatever it might be what else is there to say and that's where you have to reach in a wee bit more deep deeper and and look at what is the experience here like for instance last night I was in a place in County Kildare and there's there's a link between this place, it's the K Club, and a very big Irish wine-growing family in Bordeaux called the Bartons. Bartons, ninth ninth generation wine growers in Bordeaux, very high end. But there's a link to Straffan, the village near, near the K Club. And so I was coming away from it this morning thinking, what am I going to write about? Sure the venison was lovely and the game, great, the rabbit terrain. Delightful, everything's nice. You know, I have 700 words I need to fill. And, and so it's colour. You just have to think up of a lot of colour, you know. Is this little bit of France in, in Kildare, you know, is that viable as as a theme for, for the review? Well, for me, it's going to have to be because I'm going to have to think up ways of linking the Barton dynasty in Bordeaux back to County Kildare and make it relevant. Well, you described the first
0: 30 seconds and I suppose that's how you go about creating the colour. It's that you are probably thinking and and, and absorbing everything so you can write about it later. But do people just not, do some people not recognise you?
1: Uh, They do. And my daughter, my youngest daughter has been waitressing um, since her school days and uh, her mate is also waitressing since her school days. And last summer, um, her mate texted her and said, here, there's a picture of your dad in the, in the kitchen. And uh, the chef says, if he ever comes in here, I need to know. And I was so flattered. She said, dad, dad, they, they picture you up in that, in that kitchen. <laughs> I thought, right, okay. Well, that's good. Because, you know, if they're taking it seriously, great. There's nothing worse than going into a place and they don't care. And they don't care what's been said about them and i i i'm never approached well very rarely approached by restaurants to come and review them it might happen once a year or twice a year and i think well fair play to them if they're willing you know to to be exposed to the likes of me and what i think of the place it's you know they're confident and and, and i respect that and and i think to be honest they have the advantage of of Opening themselves to being reviewed I said, well, fair play. So
0: I would get the impression then if someone's invited you, you might think, Well, I really yeah. better get the you know, sharpen the knives on this one. Um I wonder, do restaurants dread a bad review?
1: Uh yeah, they do, because I've written a number I've been writing this column now for fifteen years. Um weekend section started in September two thousand and eight. Uh, fifteen years ago, I haven't missed a Saturday since then. So I have a fair idea that's fifty-two restaurants every year for fifteen years, right? I do the math. I can't. I can't wow! Out. But that's a lot of restaurants. It's a hard life, yards. <laughs> <laughs> and and thank you, to the Belfast Telegraph, because you pay me to write it as well as pay the bill. Um, and I think that the reactions to the bad ones have have you know they've varied from seven-page letters. Explaining why that that restaurant or the, the the restaurant owner actually explaining why it wasn't good that day to you know potential legal action been taken um, and failing to be honest um, by those who weren't happy with what I wrote so yeah there are varying degrees of of um, reaction to to poor reviews but do they actually dissuade people from going to the restaurants? Does a bad review dissuade somebody from going there? I, I'm not sure that it does. I know that a good review will help business and people will will track down. In fact um, I was in chapter one in Dublin uh, not so long ago and I had done a review. In fact I was there last week and I was talking to the owner and he said you know when that Belfast Telegraph review happened we suddenly saw a big influx of people coming down from the north. So, yes, it does have an impact and people up here have told me the same, but I'm not so sure that people who read bad reviews will not go to that restaurant because it was a bad review. In fact, I think it might prompt their curiosity, you know. That's amazing.
0: I mean, because the next question I had written down and I'll read it out, but it's answered already. Is the impact of a bad review greater than a good review? But we seem to be saying that the impact of a good review outweighs, is much more effective than any bad review.
1: Definitely, definitely. I, I I was in Fontana two two days ago with friends, and they had framed the Belfast Telegraph review that I'd written last year, um, in a prominent position. Uh, there's a number of restaurants that I see, I see the the review, you know, that I've written, and and I think, well, yeah, they well certainly they they take pride in their business, and if somebody says something nice about them, they want to cherish that and keep it. So yeah. But the bad reviews, definitely there are reactions from people who can't take it and don't like it and they get a bit uppity. And, and I keep, well, I mean, there was one particular restaurateur, I'll not name him, but he took real exception to something I had written about him, about his restaurant. And he actually physically um, took into me at a, at a function one evening. Yeah, he started pushing me about You know, it was like it was embarrassing, you know, so I I, I sort of turned on him and I said, look, I don't know why you're, you're attacking me, because it was me that paid 94 quid for the rubbish that you brought out. Seriously, you know, and it never occurred to him that actually he mightn't have been doing his job right. So it's not just a,
0: people might think that this is a uh, an interview with the crime correspondent, but, <laughs> but no, it's restaurant reviews. But you mentioned price, and that's something that that troubles me really, because yes, people have staff to pay, people have you know highly talented chefs to pay, and people have to make a profit on this rent and everything. But I wonder. I have family links to Italy, and often I go for what's known as a pranzo di lavoro, a, a working man's lunch. I've eaten pranzo di lavoro that was so nice. I'm not joking, there was a tear in my eye Ugh. eating it. And you pay fifteen euro. I know. Uh why why do we not have that, Yaris? Why why I understand that we can't expect, you know, we're not in Italy, for example, and, and you know, you're in Italy and you're eating local food. But the quality in some of these Roadside cafes, pranzo e lavoro, and everyone around you is, you know, is a truck driver or has just come from a built-in site, and yet the food is normally of a standard beyond beyond what we can imagine here. I, I, I don't understand.
1: the The Italian food culture is very different from ours, very very different from the French as well, because it comes up from the working classes. Pasta dishes, full of carbs, keep you working all day long, and. The the love and and almost the mythologizing that Italians do about, about their own food is is extraordinary. I mean, my mother's French and so there was always a love of f- food in our house that was quite a French thing. And my friends in Arma would have come around to the house and they loved it because, you know, she was cooking things that maybe they they mightn't have seen. You know, quite ordinary things, but things that they mightn't have been used to. And and they could see that it was a different it was a different food. Culture all all altogether, but I think that you know, you look at the whole Michelin, um, uh, the the two star, three star, the Bib Gourmand, the that whole edifice of of um, adoration of of top cooking um, is something that came out of the continent, and they've always held it up as an art form, whereas we still labour under the the idea that food is fuel and that sure that's a nice bit of scran or you know it's we don't we don't show the respect that maybe Italians as you've just described with a pranzo lavoro um we, we 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 don't have that but it it i think it's starting to arise you know it's starting to emerge i was in i was in
0: a i, th- I think it was a restaurant
1: i i obviously don't
0: re- recall my experience is the same way you do because it's, you know, I, this is the first time I've ever looked at this subject. And I remember the person saying, if you've got a complaint, we would much rather you say it than head on to TripAdvisor and, and complain or say it when we're here or, or do what I, what I personally do. I just, I just never go back. Yeah. We just say, we say nothing no, though, that, that was great. Uh-huh. We lie. Why, why do we do that?
1: Because we do that, and you're absolutely right, and I'm guilty of that as well. And the reason why we do it is because imagine the scene. So I, I'm taking two clients out, and my wife might join me, and um, we go to a restaurant in Belfast. We order da da da, and I've said, "Oh, there, this this particular dish is very good." If I say the dish, it'll 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 reveal the identity of the restaurant in question. And then these these recommended dishes arrive, and they're terrible, right? So. The waiter comes down and says, everything okay? My choice is to say, well, actually, no, these are horrible. Take them away. Which ruins the mood around the table because, you know, we don't really know each other, so we don't want to be creating a scene. So we just sort of throw it. We just put up with it. And it's the same if you're with your family or if you're with a group of friends. You don't want to appear to be, you know, oh, the, the, the sort of attention-seeking uh, complainer. So that's why we don't do it. But a good restaurant knows how to deal with that discreetly. And so, I and I've done it myself in in a number of places where they say, is everything okay? And I say, well, look, actually, you know, th- there's there's grit in these muscles or whatever it might be. I said, oh, very sorry. We'll take that away and we'll take it off the bill. And can we give you something? You know, that's how you deal with that because you'll always go back. And it's it, it's back to this point that I always believe that service is the most important uh, factor in the success of a restaurant because the food, if the food's edible, you're doing well. If the food's great, well, even better. But it's the service that's going to capture your attention. And even if if you've had a bad one, and they've dealt with it very successfully and and politely and all the rest of it, you'll be back. You'd be back in a flash because, oh, your woman looked after us. She was really good. Or your man looked after us. He he was was brilliant. Do you know what I mean? So that's really critical. And it's back to this basic hospitality. It's amazing you say that, actually, because I, I
0: now see myself in restaurants and, you know, you're there with your family. But this is a special occasion. And damn it, it's going to be special. (laughs)
1: that's right you will have fun
0: you will have fun you will enjoy this food and and, and I'm going to smile and pretend it's nice because you know and you don't want to ruin the special family occasion and 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 and, and that's it Um, I mean I remember once I was waiting for a pizza and after an hour and a half, I'm not joking, it, it didn't arrive. So I said, excuse me, excuse me. And uh, where's my pizza? And I mean, they looked at me as if they'd never seen me before in their lives. Like, how did I even sit there? And they said, we've no record of you ordering a pizza. Yeah. Uh, I, I, and, and so, you know, you just like, you smile and say, it's okay. Like, we're we're, we're not starving we can, we can hold on here.
1: But you're heading into an existential crisis. <laughs> yes. Am I actually, a- and am fa- I here? And you're,
0: you know, <laughs> you, you, the child starts to get hungry. Oh. Everybody's starting to get a little iffy. And you make the decision, you just say, listen, we're going to enjoy this pizza. We're never coming back.
1: But can I ask you, service horror stories, what's the worst? Uh, the worst one happened to me earlier this week. It was um, Monday evening. It was in Belfast and it was a restaurant that I had booked And I was going to meet my wife in it for early dinner. It was six o'clock in the evening. And so I went in and my wife was going to join me. She was a few minutes behind me. I I walked into the place and I said, I have a booking here for two people for men. And he said, "Uh, right. And he, he showed me a table for two. And it was a very bleak little dining room. I didn't like the look of it at all. And he showed me this table. By I was just like in the middle of the draft and in, in front of the door. And I thought, no, I said, could I sit over there? And there was a table over by the bar and that looked a bit cozier. And he, I said, can, can I sit there? And he said, no. I thought, right, OK. And he said, well, you can sit over in that other one there. And so I went around to look at it. It was just as bad as the first one. And I said, is that, is that other table booked? Is that why I can't have that? He said, no, it's not set now. The setting, all it was is knife and fork, right? It wouldn't have taken thirty seconds to put knife and fork on the table, and uh, and then he says, "No, no, it's a staff table." I said, "You know what? Forget it." So I walked out and left it, and bumped into my wife and my wife. She said, What's going on? I said, forget it. I mean, this is this is hospitality hell here. You know how how can how can that be? I, I mean, an empty restaurant. I mean, there's nobody in it. And that that was probably the worst. In fact, I'm actually shaken with fury just remembering it because I thought, this is daft. This is the most, you know, absurd I feel angry too. I I
0: feel angry too. I wasn't (laughs) even there.
1: Because I suppose we've all had
0: this, you know, you walk in and you say, you know what? This is a special occasion. I'm going to spend £150 here. I'm really hoping for the best here. And you just think like, have I annoyed you by coming into your restaurant to spend 130 Clearly I
1: had. I had very clearly annoyed him. And, you know, it was just... Anyway, there you go. So that was that was bad. I, I wonder now, I wonder, reality
0: TV, so-called reality TV, has Gordon Ramsay sort of turned us all into critics? And, you know, I, I, I do notice an awful lot of people kind of being Gordon
1: Ramsay. Yeah, I, I agree with you there because I think that... The Gordon Ramsay's and the Marco Pierre White's and the great heroes of the kitchen, you know, this very masculine, very macho shouting and banging of saucepans and all the rest of it. And we're creative and we're artistic and we're like so rock and roll that it has sort of elevated a lot of chefs about the place who, who may be, you know, inspired by this kind of behavior to think that they too are rock and roll chefs. And I need to remind them, as I did in a column a couple of weeks ago, I said, that's hold on a wee second. It's you're cooking food. You know, we're paying for it. And we're paying top dollar for your food. So so stop getting on like that. And a few of them are. In fairness now, chefs in this in this town and across this country rarely get on like that. There are one or two, but but they're not they're not that kind. But yes, I think I think that has... It, do you know what, though? The benefit of that kind of entertainment is that I think it helps put people out the door and into restaurants. I think people want to, you know, see a wee bit of action. and So it does, it does entice you to, to go out and uh, have a look in behind the past and see what the crack is. Have you ever written a, a review
0: so bad that you think it actually damaged a restaurant?
1: No, I, I honestly don't think so, no. I mean, I've written a few bad ones, but I, I don't mention who they were because I don't want to reawaken old wounds um, or rake over old fires. But um, I know that they took it very seriously and they, um, they felt that it, it would have threatened their, their restaurant. Although I was told once to go and review a restaurant that had failed all its hygiene Um, standards. So, you know, there's the five, the scores in the doors thing. Well, this one had scored zero. So I was going to go up and and do it. And then I thought, oh, look, that poor guy's already having a hard enough time. (laughs) He doesn't need me going up there saying, yeah, right enough. It was stinking, you know. So, no, I, I honestly, I don't think so. Have you ever read a review that you thought, that's very unfair, it's very harsh Yeah, I thought Jay Rayner's of Made in Belfast was was particularly harsh and I thought it was just misplaced. And I remember thinking that when I went into OMA to do the first review that I'd ever done in OMA, which was of Grant's, and I loved it and it was a nice place, I thought, thank God it's a good place because I don't want to be writing a bad one. If it's the first one in OMA, you don't want a a bad review of the first time you've been to OMA. Uh, And I thought for him to come to Belfast for the first time and write a bad review... I mean that's that's not on. That's that's just bad manners apart from anything. You know, I know you're a food reviewer and I know it's entertaining and all the rest of it. But I thought that was particularly um first of all, it, it was unnecessary and, and secondly it was misplaced and he was he was making his reputation on the back of, you know, some some restaurant which, you know, had annoyed him because there were too many mentions of Ireland. Because in fact Maiden Belfast is a very good restaurant. I suppose one of the
0: we cannot not mention is the, is the the Goodfellas situation that happened a number of years ago and that's the West Belfast um, pizza restaurant uh, and it was the subject of perhaps not an overly negative uh, review in the Irish news. Um, they began legal proceedings. It ended up in the High Court. But to cut a long story short, the Times sent over their restaurant critic, Giles Coran and he wrote... Depending on your point of view, and it couldn't have been more critical. Uh, and I mean, I, I can't even read some of the quotes, but I admired it as a piece of writing. Although I, I, I had eaten in Goodfellas, and I could look at it as very unfair because. Goodfellas was and is somewhere which many people have had a great night out in and, and simply love. And I know many people in West Belfast felt that, you know, here's this upper class guy coming and attacking hmm. a working class institution.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. You, if, if a restaurant experience is a poor one, in general what I do is I don't write it up, but I go back. And if it's a poor experience the second time around, well, then they've more or less shown that they're, you know, consistently not not great. But the fact of the matter is that restaurants are not like shops. They're not like other businesses. They have off days. They're, you know, the chef might be off sick or the serving staff might be, you know, care duty, you know, whatever it might be. It's far, far more precarious as a business than any other business. So you, you will get bad nights. You're, you are going to, you know, there there will occasionally be those times when it's not as good as the owner would like it to be. I have not been to Goodfellas because I'm too scared to, to go and write about it because of what happened there. But I understand that it, it would annoy you because one of the things that's really important about a restaurant is that it gives a place, a district, a sense of place, a sense of identity. and Goodfellas has been there ever since I've been in Belfast and, you know, it's a landmark and landmarks like that need to be respected and they have a, you know, it's a two-way thing they need to be respected but they also need to provide good good service which clearly they do they wouldn't be around for as long as they have been unless they were doing something good I,
0: I know people who go every week
1: Yeah yeah, exactly. So there you go. I mean that's that's the proof of the matter. But I, I think some restaurants underestimate the position that they hold in in certain areas. You look at Ballyhackamore, Ballyhackamore is now defined by its restaurants. And there was a a restaurant in nearby Strandtown called Monad, very nice little restaurant that used to be it used to be Bennett's. Now it's Monad. Just opened there not that long ago. And then all of a sudden it's changed. And it's changed its name and it's now a French bistro. And I'm thinking, you know, that's in a part of town that's that's you know, it's the, div- it's becoming very popular with younger house uh home buyers and so on and, and there is a, a sense of identity about the place. And that restaurant is a very important part of that identity. So don't be messing too much with with, with brandings and changing things. Um I think that's 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 critical. Uh restaurants really are very, very much part of, of of your local area. Just remember, like, you know, whenever people talk about the best fish and chips, what's the best fish and chip shop? Oh, there'll be a row or the best Indian. There'll will be a row. Um, and that's because people are proud of the, the ones that they that that are near them. And it's part of their, their wee thing.
0: Well, I, I you know, my local chippy, uh, I often see crowds standing outside and it looks like the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. All <laughs> <laughs> <Pull> the tickets. <laughs> and people, people genuinely believe, and I think they've got a strong case to say, that those are simply the best chips in the world because those are the chips you were born and reared on. But you know... Uh, I Where I sit in the Belfast Telegraph office, I sit beside the, the business desk and it does seem that I listen to the, to the chatter on the business desk and a, a restaurant closes uh, one a week. It, it it seems a very difficult business to be in.
1: It's a very turbulent time, that's for sure. Um, it was never easy, I don't think. I think I think it's probably the hardest trade to be in. I remember talking to Niall McKenna Um one night he owns Waterman and James Street and they're both, you know, top-class restaurants. And he was saying, you know, his dream would be to open a crab shack, you know, and just not to have the worry of all the business worries that you have having a restaurant. And he's managed to keep things going for years and years. But it is a very turbulent um, sector at the best of times. And since COVID, you know, you can just see how how what a struggle it is. But people, as many that are closing, there as many, it appears, are opening. And that shows great bravery and courage as well. So, you know, if I look back over the reviews in the last 15 years, I think that some restaurants will have changed, some will have closed down, but will have been replaced by new restaurants. So th- there will always be, it seems, like a, a life cycle there that, that repeats itself. And... um you know my, my, my impression is that the restaurant trade despite all that is still remarkably strong
0: you give me the impression that you're a man who enjoys his work Yoris.
1: I love it I love it I can't believe I'm still doing it 15 years and I've still got a job and haven't been sacked Joris Min restaurant reviewer for the Belfast Telegraph thank you very much Thank you here.